Good morning. Will you open up with me? We're going to be in Titus chapter 3 this morning. Uh, we're going through this sermon series to start off the new year entitled, Who Am I? What a great way uh, to look into this new year by defining who we are according to God's words. And Paul has some great words right here in Titus chapter 3 to help us understand that we are indeed heirs. And this morning we're going to talk about what exactly that means, the hope that we find in that truth, and how we then can live our lives. Titus chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 3. I love this uh, passage. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Listen to what he writes. At one time, we too were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived. We were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. And he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having then been justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. And we're told that this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these sayings so that those who've trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent, profitable for everyone. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the hope that we find in the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. As we've gathered together, we have sung songs that honor and glorify you. And I pray at this time that your Holy Spirit will truly work among us in a way that helps us to understand your truth more clearly, that will pierce our hearts, that will uh, bring up in us the truth of your word. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears, our, our, uh, our eyes to your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, how I love this passage. It is one of my favorite passages that describes the gospel. He describes, that is, Paul describes in detail, the magnificent change that happens when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. We were poor. We were in a sinful state before we met Jesus. We were foolish. We were disobedient. We were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. 
We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. This situation mirrors the days of Noah before the flood. And Noah and his family were the only ones on earth who still loved God and loved each other. And the world was full of violence and all these descriptions that Paul gives. But there is hope. The but, in verse 4, says it all. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, is appeared. Our salvation is rooted in the historical event of Christmas. Jesus is described here as the kindness and love of God. Because he is kind and loving and merciful, he saved us. And just like Noah, we were saved through water. We were washed. We were renewed. You remember that question that Nicodemus asked Jesus? How can a man be born again? It's because of Jesus that we are indeed born again. We've been justified by his grace and what is the result? Verse 7 says that we are therefore heirs. Can I be honest with y'all? Inheritance is not something that I truly understand. It's not something that's part of my family history. I remember that my stepmother had to borrow money when my father passed away so we could have a proper burial. My mother died along with a tremendous amount of debt. My grandparents had nothing to their name when they passed away. Inheritance is a foreign concept to me. And it truly was a foreign concept to the first century Christian. There were two major classes in the first century world. You were either rich or you were poor. And there were some Christians who were rich during that time, but the majority of the first century Christians were dirt poor. So what kind of hope is given here when Jesus declares, when Paul declares that we have an inheritance that awaits us? I believe the text teaches the first century church would have had very major reactions to the idea of receiving an inheritance. And I want to talk about those reactions this morning. If you follow along in your notes, write this down. And an, an heir is inspired to do good work. I'll repeat that again. An heir is inspired to do good work. The text says that those who trusted in God will be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. I did a Greek word, a Greek word study for the word heir in this text and found that many times that when Paul talks about us being heirs, he connects our identity to the story of Abraham. In Romans, in Galatians, in Hebrews, they all talk about Abraham when the writer calls us heirs. 
Why Abraham? Well, because Abraham was the original heir. He was given a promise by God to inherit a land that he had never seen and have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. As an heir, he believed and then therefore lived his life in obedience to God and the calling that he received. He immediately packed up all of his stuff, right? All of his bags, and he moved to a land that he had never seen or been before, and God was with him every step of the way. We're told in 1 John chapter 3, that see what a great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. We're going to talk about this passage again next week. And that is what we are. We're children of God. And the reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. And dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appear. We will be like him. We know when Christ appears that we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And listen to this truth. All who have this hope in Jesus purifies themselves just as he is pure. The hope that we have that Jesus will return and take us home to our inheritance inspires us to purify ourselves. In his commentary on this passage, C.G. Cruz once said, the hope of being like Christ in the future expresses itself in an effort to purify oneself in the present. An heir is inspired to do good work. That second major reaction to our inheritance is that inheritance gives us a sense of security. It gives us a, a sense of security. Now, we all want security, right? We all want to feel good about our situation. We don't want to worry about tomorrow. We don't want to worry about what we'll eat or how much money we'll have left. Now, we're studying the Beatitudes on Wednesday night, and the first one we discussed is blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in the spirit? The definition we came up on Wednesday night was that God is pronouncing blessing on us when we have come to the end of ourselves and we've come to God with empty hands. Let me read that again. The poor in spirit is God's blessing on us when we have come to the end of ourselves and come to God with empty hands. It is when we have empty hands that we can truly trust fully and the God who provides, Jehovah Jireh. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. 
Their trust should be in God who richly gives us everything we need for enjoyment. And in Jeremiah 17, God says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, who turn their hearts away from the Lord, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So much of our fear and anxiety, it comes from our current circumstances and the fear of the unknown. And so I want to encourage you with a, a word, the words of a newer song I heard on Caleb this week called Fear Is Not My Future. The lyrics to the bridge go like this. Fear is not my future, you are. Sickness is not my story, you are. Heartbreak is not my home, you are. Death is not the end, you are. And when you are at the end of yourself, maybe because anxiety in your current situation, maybe because of sickness or heartbreak or death, we must come to God with open arms because we will find our security in him because he has called us his heirs. So we're inspired to do good work. We are encouraged because of insecurity. And finally, I want to share that inheritance fuels perseverance. Inheritance fuels perseverance. This passage is so inspiring because Paul is laying down a foundation of our faith, inspiring us to do good work to rest in Jesus as our place of security. And we should therefore persevere as we pilgrim through this life. It was John Newton who once told this parable. Suppose a man was going to New York to take possession of his large estate and his carriage should break down a mile before he got to the city which obliged him to walk the rest of the way. What a fool he should be if he were to cry out, my carriage is broken, my carriage is broken. What a fool indeed. If I had won that giant $940 million Mega Millions ticket, I would have to travel to Nashville to pick up my money. And I don't care if my car broke down in Crossful, I'm skipping the rest of the way. Listen, our inheritance is so much greater than that paper. Our inheritance is so much greater than $940 million. Yet I feel like most of us are moping around, acting like fools in this life. I have an inheritance that pays throughout eternity. Brothers and sisters, you can take my car. You can take my money. You can take my house. You can take everything I own, and it should not matter because my inheritance 
is so much greater. The earth is temporary. Heaven is eternal. Back to that song, Fear is Not My Future. The chorus goes, Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. Isn't it a new horizon? Keep heaven in your vision and persevere. It was Paul who wrote in 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also those who loved him. Do you hear the certainty of his words? He's fighting, he's running in order to win the crown. And that crown fuels our perseverance. The crown gives us certainty, it gives us security. It inspires us to do good works here on earth because the crown means that we are heirs of a heavenly inheritance. Let me close out our time together with these words of Jesus in John chapter 14. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled you believed in me believe you believe in God believe also in me my father's house has many rooms if that were not so would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am this passage in John 14 is written as some of the last words of Jesus here on earth. Jesus would say these words to his disciples as he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, instructing his disciples on his final night here on earth. He would be betrayed that night. He would be crucified. His final words to us is, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And this morning we celebrate that sacrifice because Jesus boldly gave himself to those accusers that night. We gather around the table to say thank you and rejoice because God in Jesus Christ is preparing a place for us. And as we sing this next song, I want you guys to, to stand with me and go uh, to one of these uh, stations that are set up and take the cup and, and think about that sacrifice.
After a while, we'll take the cup together as instructed. Will you stand with me as we pray? Father God, I am truly grateful for your sacrifice. I'm grateful that you have called us your heirs. I'm grateful that you're preparing a place for us now. And Lord, if I could speak on behalf of all of us today, I want to say that I'm looking forward to your coming. I pray, dear Lord, that as we partake of these emblems today, that you will be glorified as we worship together, that we'll be reminded of the sacrifice that it took to make us heirs. Lord, we are truly, truly grateful, and we worship you at this time. In Jesus' name, amen.